Well, hello there, Mark. Oh, hey, Johnny. How you doing there, buddy? Uh, you know, Mark, for about probably the hundredth time, I think I'm doing okay. How about yourself? I'm doing okay, and for about the hundredth time, I have a funny, interesting anecdote. Something, something, something that ties into this week's episode. Something, 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 yes, and hilarity. Something, something, something. Welcome back to the Dangle Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to episode <laughs> 100 of the Dangle Podcast. Woo-hoo. This here is a weekly King of the Hill podcast where I, Johnny, and my good buddy, Mark, Hey, we talk about that beloved animation classic by Mike Judge, King of the Hill. We talk about its highs. We talk about its lows. We revisit it and see if it still holds up in a, a I don't know, super PC cancel culture society, eh, if you will, uh, without getting too, too political here. And then we slap it with our patented rating system that is 100 episodes old now. So we've actually better start working on that patent before some jackass decides that he's going to take it from us. <laughs> Um, nah, it's yeah. cool. It's a Creative Commons, no attribution, non-derivative. It's all right, you know. <laughs> Feel yeah. free to use it. Don't transform it. Don't take credit. That's all we ask. It's, I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it's here we are, man. We're, and how fortuitous is it that our 100th episode just so happens to be the very end of Season 10? Like, I don't think you and I planned that. We definitely didn't look at the episode count ahead of time Mm-mm. um like the, you and i don't do we do research for this show but we don't do that much research and we definitely didn't do that almost two years ago oh, God, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah yeah so we're we're here i say we jump right into episode 201 mark what do you think i i agree happy happy 100th buddy happy 100th listeners um sorry it's this one let's go <laughs> It's okay. We're almost making up for it next week, but this week uh, it, it's going to be fantastic. Uh, episode 201 is Edumacating Lucky, original air date May 14th, 2006. This is written by Syvert Blarum and Michael Jamin. Mark, where did we last see them? Uh, the last, last one was Yard She Blows. Which ah, so... you and I were fond of. I mean... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I gave it a charking. You gave it a butane, and then before that, we had um, are you there, God? It's me. God damn, that was that long ago. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret Hill, the one where Peggy cosplays as a nun. Uh, you gave it a butane. I gave it a butane. I know. I thought they did a lot more, but I guess not. It's yeah. You know, I I did some research for a, a little fun tidbit at the end of this episode, and I'm noticing that, like, we've got some. They they get a, essentially a staff writing group together and then by season seven there's no more staff writing credits like not very many Mm. they basically have like cool we need 20 episodes and we've got about mm, 12 writers you each get one and some of you get two this season and so like i guess cybert glarum and michael jamin are there they're just gonna pepper in like one or two until they're not there anymore Okay, that makes sense. I also kind of think that can speak to the continuity that kind of is going to go out the window with only a couple, like, through lines, you know? Like, Luann will be, yeah. will be pregnant and have the kid, but, like, even uh, next week, or, you know, the second episode to, uh, for today, the uh, Peggy Horror Picture Show, like, Luann is just there. She's not pregnant. She's just there and stupid, like, so. <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, so our cast of characters this week, Mark, Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Luann Platter, Lucky Klein Schmidt, Dale Gribble, Bill Dotree, Boom Hauer, Nancy Gribble, Conan Min, Super Noose and Pone, and everybody's favorite, Jimmy Witchard! <sighs> and our first bad appearance of Jimmy Witchard, but we can talk about it when we talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you have something written there, because other than that sweet little intro for him, I don't think I wrote anything about Jimmy. Uh, synopsis, Lucky wants to ask Luann to marry him, but has to get his GE for, GED first, because... PP money is in a resume, and he's got a moral code. Mark, our A-story characters, and pretty much the only characters in this episode, Peggy and Lucky, and the rest of the family, kind of, sort of, but everything focuses on Peggy and Lucky. Uh, why do you, yeah. What do you say we just jump right into our notes? Um, Let's do it. You want to start us off, buddy? I do, and I'm going to start us off by talking about the dew point. Okay. <laughs> Damn it, I wanted to chuckle out of you. Okay, there it is. Thank you. Uh, Mark. I was like, do you actually know your dew point? And then I pulled out my Weather Channel app trying to get it, and an ad popped up. So first con, <laughs> ads everywhere. <laughs> my uh, dew point is at 47 uh, degrees, whatever that means. I'm not actually going to give you my dew point, but according to Wikipedia... The dew point is defined as the temperature to which air must be cooled to become saturated with water vapor, given a particular air pressure and water content. When an air is cooled below the dew point, its moisture capacity is reduced and airborne water vapor will condense to form liquid water known as dew. Also known as what the uh, dragon warrior survives off of. Um, what is it, a single ginkgo leaf and a drop of dew? <laughs> and the energy of the universe? There you go. If I remember correctly. Gonna need a little bit go. more than do. <laughs> anyway, guys, I I really needed to say this because this is the type of King of the Hill that I miss. Um, it's Hank Hill getting weirdly specific about one one thing, and we get it right out of the gate in this episode. Wait yeah. a minute, what was the do point? <laughs> <laughs> um, also, for posterity's sake, at this classic. moment in Bonn, Germany, uh, your dew point is at 52 degrees. Oh, we're not hitting that anytime soon. It's like it's been in the 20s and 30s in Celsius here for like the last fucking month, and it sucks. It um, is 77 as I, as degrees I, there right now. <laughs> as I speak to you all from the inside of my very packed and very insulated and very heat ridden closet, I'm going to be in here for another couple hours. It's going to be great. <laughs> um, uh, did you notice in uh, the scene where Peggy is, she's writing her name, she says, my name is Mrs. Hill. There's a little plaque on top of her blackboard. No. It says, do not steal property of Tom Landry Middle School. <laughs> oh, I thought awesome. you would find that funny. <laughs> um, we have a new, st new store in Arlen. It's where they go to find Civil War figurines it's known as randy's hobby shop and i kind of want to pose a question to you is that where eustace works or does eustace have some sort of like claim into that not just because his kid kid's name is randy but because randy also deals with in shit like model planes and he's just dorky enough to be the kid of somebody like who owns a hobby shop what do you think um i hadn't considered that but i like that read yeah i, I you know what i'm 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 gonna say for Moving on to the future, that is what Useless does, is he does Randy's, yeah. 
Okay. Either that or he's he's got to have some sort of stake in it. Like, I don't know. Maybe he's a poor, poor partial owner or maybe he helped start establish it or something like that. Because I also want to say, like, doesn't Useless stay somewhere in there that he he's like a, I don't know, an accountant or something? I don't remember. Yeah. I, he doesn't show up anymore, and it makes me kind of sad because he was an, he's an easy punching bag that I like punching down on. Because <laughs> I mean, his name is Eustace. They make him so unlikable. Passive solar. I had to, I have, I have, <laughs> I use passive solar, yes. I have to correct <laughs> Peggy Hill on something. Okay. Surprise, surprise, she got a fact wrong, and Johnny is here to tell you he did some research, thank you again, Wikipedia and Google, uh, that is going to disprove her. So the average height of an American man in the Civil War era was 5 feet 8 inches tall. End to end, if you covered the 620,000 anticipated deaths from the American Civil War, end to end, they would make a chain of about 3,513,333 feet. Okay? Wow, 3.5 million. That's wow. it. Okay. Okay. The the distance from Texas to the moon is 1.26 billion feet. So Peggy is quite a bit off. Wow. All right. Yes. So, sorry Peggy, I have to be that asshole. Also, <laughs> come on writers. You've got Google at this point. This is not that hard. <laughs> what, what what when did i say this well 2006 like come on i i was i had long since discovered internet porn at this point like i know you know how to use a computer um well the problem is this is 2006 man netscape navigator is just too damn slow that's that's what's up you, you got aol like just ask the little aol chat bot I'm, I'm sure the im guy is still there He's not just there to remind you that you have email, hopefully from a female. Um, <laughs> wow, I'm dating the shit out of myself in this episode. Yeah, my, you are. My last note here is, it's kind of a question for you, and I don't know if I have an answer for myself, but I just figured I'd throw it out here for you to see if you do. Okay. Do you have a code of honor like Lucky that has like a prerequisite for something? Like, do you have a way of doing things, not because it has to happen, but just because, like, that's how you were raised or it's just how it's always been? I guess, like, almost like an OCD tip. Do you have anything um, like that? Well, so, yeah. That you want to um, share, I should say. Yeah, 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 sure. If it's the way I was raised, it's guilt, 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 all the damn time. Um, <laughs> But if it's me, it's basically just don't be a dick, be a dude. Like, just try and be okay. a decent person. I think... You have spent how many years knowing me, and I'm a pretty all-rightish dude, and I try to be an all-rightish dude, but I also don't yeah. go out of my way to be a good dude, just because, well, that's a waste of effort, so. Okay. Yeah. No, I'd, I would absolutely agree with that assessment of yourself. I think it's a lot of self-awareness, buddy. Um, <laughs> and it's not to, that's not meant to punch down at you at all. It's It's definitely just like a, no, if if somebody needs help, you you will help them out. But you're not gonna go above and beyond just because you can. Cause fuck that, that's stupid. Yeah, I yeah, like I will help a I will help somebody move a couch up a flight of stairs, but I ain't sticking around to do the rest of it. Sorry. Sure. Um. How about yeah. you? Yeah, like I I don't know I don't I couldn't really think of anything. Um. Uh, short of just make sure you're doing your share 
I guess. Like okay. it, it, it bothers me. Like I have a really hard time when somebody tries to clean the dishes for me. You know, like mm. I don't know if you've ever noticed that at, at your place. Like I try really hard to make sure that my dishes make it into your sink whenever I'm staying with you. At yeah. the very least, like if they can make it into the sink and you didn't have to bring them there for me, then we're we're pretty solid. Um, so I, I don't know. Just I I like making things equal, and if I if it doesn't happen that way, it doesn't happen. But yeah, yeah. I guess that's, I'd, that's I'd agree with like that. Code. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to make okay. somebody else carry your weight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If I if I don't have a, a way of making things equitable, then it really irritates me, bugs me. I was just telling you off mic that you know I've had my father in law visiting for a while, and he he um he's here in Germany and offered to take us around to southern Germany for a while. Rented a car, paid for all the gas. He even put us up in a bunch of hotel rooms. And if I hadn't stepped in. He would have paid for every single meal we had for like a solid week and you know eating out for a week for three people is not cheap by mm-hmm. any means so it's like no i i needed to insert myself and so i at least took a couple of those meals and put them on my card instead like it's it's like a weird crisis of conscience i guess but i, I got i got yeah, you it's, yeah it's it's not nothing quite so much like uh you know i don't i don't have a code for oh i can't do this without doing this Yada yada, <laughs> but uh, give me your notes, man. That's all I got for this. Oh, my notes, honestly. Okay, my first one is oh, it's this one retroactive rewatch, Mark. Retrospective rewatch. <laughs> had to remind <sighs> yourself, I had to remind myself. I, I hate this one. I hate Lucky. I can't, it's one of those things where like I can't separate the. I just can't separate the two. I'm sorry. Like, I, I have been trying to. I think I have been doing a pretty solid-ish job. But at the same time, like, God, yeah. I just... I hate this one. And I also think this is maybe the worst Peggy episode we get. Because she is written to be literally the biggest idiotist... Idiotist? I don't know. Villain? I'm not sure. Um, Whatever. This is also a rehash of Reemergent Virgin, where Hank is just so excited to, or not Reemergent, uh, Luann Virgin 2.0, where Luan, or where yes. Hank is just so horned up to pawn Luann off on another man that he's just willing to forgive all the shit. And it's just like, dude, you hate Lucky. Just whatever. I don't know. I, <laughs> you do. It just you're just not as me. outspoken as Peggy about it. Yeah, and I mean, but that's that's it too. Is Peggy is outspoken, you know. And this week, it's like, hey, he's the bad guy. It's like, no, she's not. No, no, she's not at all. She wasn't a bad guy in, in Redneck on Rainy when Pretty Pretty Truck Truck showed up. Like, <laughs> this is this is a lot different than reminding Luann of her roots and where she came from and about how if you go out drinking tonight for your 21st birthday and try and have fun like a normal human, just reminder, you're, you're aiming that genetic gun at yourself. It's a lot mm-hmm. different than, hey, um... This this is this has serious like real bad consequences for you. It's not just a night out of fun. If you start a relationship with this guy, he has nothing going for him. Yeah. Like she's a lot more rooted in her dislike of luck. Yeah. No, I absolutely agree with you on that. She she's also not wrong in it either. It's like PP money's not retirement and she and he already blew through it making his truck shiny, which that was a great little Yep. Yep. Um <laughs> anyway, how hard is it to get a GED question mark? Um, while you were doing all of your compiling of our massive amount of score sheet and everything, I took the science test. It's a 90-minute test. It took me about 15 minutes, and I 
got like a 98%, so can't be that hard, but I'm also smart as shit, so who's to say? <laughs> Mark, you have two college degrees. <laughs> <laughs> but and I also yes, picked science because it would have been degree. my weakest subject outside of math, but I didn't have time to like sit there and like write, you know what I mean? Or, you know, try oh, and like do math. calculations. Uses math anyway. Exactly. As <laughs> I say, even though one of them is a theater degree, it's still technically a degree, damn it. Yeah, I, I, I am well qualified in the state of Colorado, or highly qualified in the state of Colorado to teach earth science, or, or physical science, so bam, bam. Um, okay, here's here's Mark, the great gas head. Ready? I'm holding an envelope up to my head. Grills, coffee pots, and cast irons. The three things you barely wash to save the flavor. Oh, buddy. Oh. What? Oh, buddy. You and I are going to fight. Fight me, homie. You and I are going to have a fight. It's in my prose that everybody needs to listen to Hank. You have to scrape that gunk off your grill. My reasoning here is Hank is using a propane grill. That is going to hit direct heat, and it's just going to char. You're not going to get any flavor from it. If you're using a mesquite or a charcoal grill, that's completely fucking different. But Hank is using propane. Now, now let's be clear here. When I say you barely wash it, I don't mean you leave the crap on. When you finish a grill, you scrape it off, and when you boot it up for the first time and, like, you know, heat the grates, you give it a quick scrape. And that's, like, okay. that's just, you know, that's just good manners. Like... I don't know. I remember the it's one time I opened up my barbecue. Yeah, I remember one time I opened up my barbecue and there was um there was a colossal wasp nest in there. So I slammed it shut, turned that bitch on to high and listened to him scream as they burnt to death. Okay. And then and then I scraped it because nobody wants to eat wasp leavings. No, uh definitely not. No. <laughs> but also, but also I mean it is a I way to assert dominance. I guess, but this ain't grounded, man. I ain't trying to, like, <laughs> get wasp buff parts. I don't know. <laughs> um, coffee pots? No way, Jose. You just rinse that bad Larry out with water. That's You don't clean it. You don't scrub it. That is, a, that is a patina of flavor that you are building over the years of every other cup of coffee that's come before it. And cast iron. Well, if you put soap in cast iron, I'm going to come up there and talk to you about it. So, um, <laughs> uh, what episode is this? 201, you said? 201. 201. Episode 201. I have officially given up the ghost of the hills having screens on their goddamn windows. They just don't. <laughs> it doesn't exist. I don't care. I am done. Listeners, here we go. Episode 100 of Dangle. I am crying off this tower. I don't care anymore. There's no screens <laughs> in those goddamn windows. <laughs> um, Luann is officially dead to me. I know. I, she has to be in this episode. Yep. And then I get to thinking about it, and you know me, I got a soft spot for uh, single moms, especially all the ones at my local workout establishment. And still, Luann is dead to me. Don't know what it is, but that's it. It's over. It's done. I officially hate Luann. I, am, I have come full circle to whatever the hell it was when I had the dirty dream about her and fell in love with her two years ago. It's over, bud. I'm sorry. Um... <laughs> this episode doesn't hold up, and it's because Peggy calls it out. We just keep things casual. I know so many people that have multiple children across multiple baby daddies or baby mamas, however you want to see that. Um, yeah. And I'm not saying it's a good thing or a bad thing. I am really glad that the the rigid bullshit of marriage does not hold up anymore because, like, quite frankly, you're just forcing people to be put into potentially abusive and dangerous situations all for the sake of, you got me pregnant, that's my baby, I don't know you. It's 
It's bad. I I There's a lot of like financial and legal ramifications towards it as well. Um yeah. no, I I I agree. I think uh it's a lot more acceptable now even what 15 almost 20 years later mm-hmm. um than it was, but yeah. No. You just just go if you guys want to have a kid with someone and not get married to them, more power to you. I know lots of people like that too. Yeah. Or maybe just, you know, mandatory birth control from the state. Who can say? Whatever. Um, and then my last note was, do you have a code of honor, but you already knocked that one out of the park. So give me your pros, buddy. <laughs> nice. Um, so I got to give props to Tom Petty in this episode. And okay. I know I know you have issues with Lucky and his character. But I'd, in a show that is merciless about how it really wants Hank and Bill and Boomhauer and Dale to all be the rednecks, and they're constantly, for 10 seasons, have been called rednecks and called out and, and done this and done that, especially by people like Khan and people like um, Holloway and, you know, all these all these different things. You You get to this point where you stop seeing... Hank and the rest of the guys in the alley as rednecks. It doesn't matter that they go out and they do mower races. That's just Hank and the guys. And it doesn't matter that um, oh, I don't, they they have a specific beer that they like to drink and so they'll drive all the way down to Mexico and they can't find their specific beer. Seems pretty rednecky when you look at it like that, right? Right. No, that's just a thing that the guys do. I, I have to give props to Tom Petty in this episode because he reminded me that this is a show about rednecks. And he plays Lucky so well. He he plays that like inbred hick. I I it's so nice to to feel like I'm coming back to the roots of this show through that one character while not demeaning the rest of them. You know, it's not like Dale, Bill, Boomhauer, like all of them are joining in and going catfisting or stink baiting or all this other stuff with Lucky. Yes, eventually we're gonna see them all go stumping with him. That's fine is what it is. At that point, he's a member of the Hill family. It's, it's acceptable. He's part of, the, part of the group at that point. But, like, it's it, this episode just goes to show me how inbred he is and how yeah. awful he is and how everybody else is a level of redneck and none of them have attained lucky level of redneck. That's why we stop thinking of them that way. It's just super satisfying to think of all of the jokes that Khan has made towards Hank and Bill and Boomhauer and how n- none of that, like, no, it doesn't even matter. Next to Lucky, they are all basically like white Anglo-Saxon Protestants. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're, basi- they, they're country club buddies with Khan compared to Lucky. <laughs> they're so, super white. I, I don't know if it's it, – because this is that lucky heavy episode. I don't think it was a specific moment that did it to me. But I was just thinking to myself like, oh, Lucky, you are so, so good. Um, Next pro here, <laughs> it made me chuckle. Nancy likes trashy guys. She even goes Boy, in to watch – um, she? She even family goes feud. in to watch um, Family Feud with him. And I'm like, oh, you – you are you're gross, Nancy. Like I had a while where I really liked you, and had a while there where you definitely had some sex appeal to me. Nancy, you're gross. If you like Lucky, then you're just gross. That's different than liking the rednecky part of Boomhauer, you know. Well, 
So really quick though, like John Redcorn isn't trailer trash. I mean, I guess he is technically because because he lives in a modular trailer, but like you know, and he runs a business out of it. But still, like, I mean, he's a shady Native American healer, man. How's he shady? Because he smashes white chicks. Yeah, because he did it for years and years and years and didn't say anything and still maintains himself as like a member of that community. <laughs> I don't think he's shady but at he all. He has no got shame. Away with it. Okay, Shameless instead of is the, the word better shady, way to we're do gonna it. say scummy. Scummy, sure. <laughs> scummy. And Dale is very, very, very rednecky and trashy. I don't I didn't even know if that well, I guess his lawn is nothing but uh, car parts and crabgrass, but it's my lawn. Uh, anyway, we are going to be the um, callbackiest that we've ever been today. I hope, and I am so I, here for I it. I really do. Um, you already hit this in your notes, but grill care and scraping the gunk off. You all need to be listening to Hank here, and I like the way that you put it. You you don't need to like pressure wash the fucker every time you use it. That is not what that is for. But you need to do some basic grill hygiene. Get yourself a, a metal spoke brush and scrape the gunk off. That way, the stuff that is left on there, like it gets it gets caked on and burned on or encrusted onto it. And that's where you if that's where your grill marks are coming from. Cool. Fine. It's there's a little bit of flavor mixed in with that carbon. And I'm, and I'm cool with it. But just don't be gross, people. Like, especially if you're mixing meats. Can you imagine, Mark, if. If you and I just decided to to like go down to the local fishing hole and bring our little tiny charcoal grill with us, and we brought like a shitload of of chicken, and we cooked it on there, and like there's just like bits and pieces of chicken chunks still on there, and then the next day you and I didn't clean it, but oh nope, we're having steaks today. So now you've got like chicken chunks in your steak, and it's it's just weird. I, I mean, yeah, gross. that's guys gross. clean your shit. Like... Clean your shit. Um, the bluegrass riff that's playing in the background during the Lu- Luann cutaway. So Peggy sees her cleaning Lucky's oh, truck and just starts yeah. imagining this. That whole montage. Mm, chef's kiss. Holy shit. I love that bluegrass riff. It is very fun. I know you're not a huge fan of bluegrass music, but I am. Guys, if you like bluegrass, go back and watch that sequence again because it's going to tickle your funny bone. Um, And then did you notice... We have, like, a season one callback here. Uh, maybe. So Bobby makes a graduation cap out of a dog bowl and an oh. album sung by who? Willie Nelson. Hank's Willie hero. Nelson, Hank's hero. I That made me really happy. I love Willie Nelson callbacks, man. Like, I love Willie Nelson. It just is what it is. Who the fuck doesn't? I... <laughs> I don't know, cannibals, Satanists. No, not Satanists. I can't do that to them. Um, <laughs> Why would what are you the talking about? The Kardashians. There you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> That's it for my pros, man. Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin doesn't like Willie Nelson. I don't know. I my sister in law saw him years ago, and she, I was like, "Oh my god, how was it? Was he?" And she goes, "Old." I'm like, "Fuck you! I'm getting out of the car." <laughs> <laughs> I uh I. I had a, a friend of mine that I worked with in my practicum experience this last semester, and uh, I said goodbye to her early because she left to go to Willie's 90th birthday party that he had mm. in California, 
which mm-hmm. was just a giant concert that that uh, Snoop Dogg showed up to and a whole bunch of other people. Like, it's just this giant concert for his 90th birthday. And I'm like, I go to that so bad. Yeah, I would have. I would have loved love to go Willie. to that. Yeah, <laughs> you love um, Willie. <laughs> yes, I do, and I'm proud to say it. Willie's a part of me. I want Willie inside me, especially in my ears. Mark, give me your props. I want Willie to fill me up, damn it. <laughs> I, I, I really got to ask you here in our 100th episode to stop reading my friggin' notes. Um, pro number one, the Lucky Luann montage. It's a great little montage. Oh, I, yes. I, I I love it, but to that end, how come the... And maybe this is me being colorblind. They all just have, like, Luann's color blonde hair, right? Yeah, yeah. No, it's somebody fucked up on the the color palette there. I noticed that too. Cause isn't blonde hair recessive anyway? Um, I don't know. I don't think so. I thought it well, I thought brown hair was like a dominant gene trait, and that's why like people with blonde hair are so important or something stupid. I don't know. Um, but I really um, like that little always, montage. But yeah. yeah. Sorry, okay. go ahead. No, as I was gonna say, not always. My younger brother definitely was born with like brownish, blondish hair, and the blonde is definitely taken over more than the brown. Okay. Okay. I would say. I mean, he's definitely not the dark brown that everyone else in our family is. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. But yeah, I like that little montage, especially the bit of him like dumping the grape soda on the floor and Luan just taking a header. That's. It's not funny, <laughs> but it's a good little bit. Like. Yeah. <laughs> I also like how the biggest like fear is that the kids are just going to have too much soda in their life out of Peggy. Like, you know, she gives the baby the orange pop and like Bobby yeah. creating props. Bobby's back to making props and he makes the mortar board and ruins a Willie Nelson al- album. And we've never seen Hank hit Bobby, but this is the episode where Hank should have hit Bobby. He should have clocked the man <laughs> like you ruined my you ruined my Willie Nelson album. Like whap. You giblet head. Yeah, exactly. Man, pro, uh, these later season episodes are only 22 minutes long, so this thing doesn't last that long. Thank Christ. Yeah. No, that's, it definitely felt like it flew by. Yeah, and and to, to that end, I'm really glad we didn't have a B-plot because it would have derailed all the action and made it really uncomfortable and unwatchable and just kind of dumb and... I just like it better this way. This was a this was an all rightish episode in terms of runtime. I might not like Lucky, but this was a good episode in its own right, I guess. Um, and that's more okay. credit than it deserves, I think. But yeah. Um, cons, buddy. Um, so I know that Peggy does not like him, but it is really, really against her character to not want to educate Lucky, um, to try and sabotage him. I. I have a really hard time believing in any universe that Peggy and all of her, like, I don't know, self-fulfilling, ridiculous bullshit that she has spouted for 10 seasons about how much of an educator she is. I I can't see her ever making this turn. I don't care if it's for family. Unless somebody is literally going to die if Lucky learns things and and gets his GED. Like, I do not see her ever making this turn. So it's very out of character. It's just so unlike Peggy to to not want to educate Lucky. You know what okay. I mean? Like it, this, it's the most offensive thing that like it, it's the reason why I'm like you. You guys fucking hate Peggy. This like this week's episodes, both of them, the writers just hate her. Like 
they take everything fun about Peggy and just blow it out of proportion and make her like the biggest dickhead in the entire world. Even like they just write against her character so much, even though it's already been established. Yeah. Yeah. So I, eh, it's a huge con for me. Um, I do not like Bobby in this episode. I don't think he needs to be here. Um, and really, it's no, one. This is bad use of Bobby. It's one specific spot here, and it's the Bobby keeps opening the sliding door, and so Peggy has to keep changing the mm. subject, and then all of a sudden he just comes out. I know what you're talking about. It's divorce, and that's like that's not funny. That doesn't. That comes out of nowhere. It's not a funny line from Bobby. Like, there's no reason for him to expect that. It's I don't I don't know I come on there's a lot of a lot of stupider ways to do this and a lot of funnier ways to do this and either way would have been better than the route they took in my mind um and as much as I hate to see it we didn't need to see the guys this week at all I think there's one mm-hmm. scene in the alley where they're all talking about something and it's like oh great the exposition squad is here because they don't they don't make any like impact <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. You like my nickname of Exposition Squad. squad. Is here. I really do. <laughs> That's good. So, I like it's it's weird for me to say I don't want to see Bill Dale and Boomhauer, but I don't this week. Like like you said, th- it's a good thing there's no B story because there's no need for it. It would have totally derailed everything else that they're doing in this episode. Yeah. 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 But uh, those are my cons. You got anything else to add to those? Um, I got a couple. Uh, the Game Show Network. I just <laughs> that's a okay. That's, that's in uh, my my retro rage, by the way. It still exists, though, right? Like I I don't know. I don't have like TV TV. I haven't had it for years. But like, oh, I'm, I'm sure it does. No, the fact that they keep naming like he, Lucky keeps naming off old hosts for shows that are still on the air. That's what what made me mad. But, like, but that's what it is, right? They just, like, replay game shows. Yeah. Ad infinitum, right? Like, I don't know. I Who the hell cares? I don't know. I just, why? Why? I get it. Americans are stupid, and they don't want to think about their entertainment. But, Jesus Christ, we have to beat it over the head so hard? Um. Uh, Con, I'm really upset, and I'm sure you're going to get upset with me, but I'm really sad we don't get to see Lucky doing a flipping dicky bit. But hey, whatever. <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm not upset that you want to see that at all. Um, I, I mostly I, because I just want to hear Tom Petty try and do like racist Asian. I just want to see. I, honestly, I just want to like it, it, it's the performer in me. It's the it's the 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 artist in me that wants to watch him like put on that mask and then interpret the character as Lucky. I just yeah. want to see that it's it's the oh. little things like this that we don't get to see. You know, it was like I was delighted by cons like, oh, no English. And you got all mad. <laughs> and it was like, nah, that's great. That was, that's amazing. But like this is like the same coin, but like the other side of it where like I just want to see how bad it could potentially be. But then yeah. it's like she has to call out that he likes doing it. It means that he does it all the time. But then but then I get to wondering, like, I bet you that Lucky really makes a lot of fun of con they ha- they oh, hung probably. out per redneck on rainy street like i imagine that con even has a weird sort of soft spot for lucky but like 
you know, so I, you know, like, oh, you dumb hillbilly. Yeah, you dumb Chinaman. <laughs> like, something <laughs> like that. <laughs> like, it's like a mutual, like, back and forth between the two of them. Yeah, yeah, we're never going to get, like, Hank saying, yeah, well, you're a barbecued buffalo penis. <laughs> like, it's never yeah. going to be that. It's going to be just, like, they just kind of back and forth. And it... I don't know. It'd just be a little bit funny, and I'm kind of disappointed we didn't get to see it. Um, that's the last. I'm, or I'm gonna stop pitching for racism. No, I, I'm glad you brought it up. <laughs> yeah, I just. It, I don't know. I, I was kind of delighted in my own way by the by the prospect therein. Like, oh yeah, well, how'd you get your shirt so white, Mister White Shirt? Ancient Chinese secret, like something like that. <laughs> I don't know, but okay, something, anything. I don't know. Um. You really already hit this. Um, number one, Bobby is not needed in this episode. Um, I, the one, the line that broke my camel's back though was when he's looking at the cake, and I'm like, "All right, we get it. Bobby's a fat kid. He pre-picked out his cake. Like, cool." But then, like, there's a the bit about the fire drill, and he's sitting on the couch, and Peggy's like, "Stop, drop, and roll," and like he can't roll over. Oh wow, Bobby's unathletic. Yay, mm-hmm. here we go. Um, also, 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 side call back to Yard She Blows, um, Bobby breaks, uh, Figgleforth by not being able to properly execute a like role, and I think that that is Sievert, Glarum, and Michael Jamin's only contribution to King of the Hill, is Bobby can't do roles. Okay. Whatever. I don't know. Um, but then to that end, the guys are just not needed. The only bit that I like is Dale going, I know that walk, an ass is about to be kicked. That's the <laughs> That's, only bit yes. that works for me. But, like, Boomhauer doesn't have any lines, just stands there and nods. We're seeing a lot less of Boomhauer lately, too, I feel like. Yeah, he um, hasn't had, like, any impact in, well, it feels like, two two or three seasons now, almost. In, yeah, like, any lines in two or three seasons, really, like... I don't know. The um, last time he was kind of a maybe... like the start to a story was um oh it was it's the the stranded on a boat one. And even then like oh. he, he he's he's just there as like the opening framing device. He doesn't actually do anything else for the rest of the episode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like but even then like at least he did something. At least he was around. He had some lines and did stuff something in the background like yeah. But here he just doesn't. Um, This also might be the worst bill we've seen in a minute. I called the jewelry channel and cried, and they put me on the <laughs> air, and I bought Peggy yeah. Ri- What is that? Come on, man. Fuck you. Like, I don't know. I, we it's get like it. It's like they took their, ha, their ha, character Ha, 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 Peggy's book. a bitch. Ha, 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 Bobby's a fat kid. Ha, 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 Bill's a pant load. Let's just hit those beats, boys. Like Exactly. It's like, okay, we're going to take our character book. What do we What do we know about Bill? Bill is depressed. Okay, write one joke about how Bill is depressed. We're going to put that in there because we have to have Bill in the episode. So he's going to say that, and we're going to find a way to shoe it in. Okay, what do we know about Bobby? He's mm-hmm. fat and unathletic. Okay, make let's make a joke about him wanting half the damn cake in one single piece. That's that's funny, right? Yeah, yeah, because we can't, we can't have an episode without Bobby. Heaven forbid that we have these episodes of King of the Hill without some of these primary characters. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know, maybe you and I are missing something like it's written into into contracts that, oh, Kathy and Jimmy has to be in every single episode. You know, maybe that is just the case, and you and I have never known that, but no one's also corrected us on it, so I'm still under the guise of, if you don't need a character in this episode, then don't put them in the episode. 
Yeah. 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 Like, I don't, I don't know. And I, I just, I don't, I don't get it. Um, my last con is the last shot of the episode. And it's going to lead into the, like, opening, establishing shots of next episode. Okay. Like, he takes a normal-sized shoe to the ribs. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm sorry. that Once again, once again, Peggy's feet only get big for plot reasons. And yeah. quite frankly, and I guess it's better this way, because otherwise he would have gotten, like, Luke Kang bicycle kicked through the garage. Basically. If it was Peggy's size 16 matched with her, like, super strength. But, like, dude... I don't know. It just bothers me. I don't know why we can't draw a pair of feet big, guys. Like, you do it sometimes, fucking figure it out. Like, this is episode 201, and in 201 episodes, you can't nail down Peggy's foot size, even though it is a plot point across multiple <laughs> episodes. Yeah. Breathe, Mark, breathe. <laughs> well, they've gotten it, out of 201 tries, they've gotten it right, like, six times, and gotten it wrong about 30. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's a bad ratio, guys. Bad ratio. Um, Mark, you got a favorite moment from this episode? Yes. Um, it's not really a favorite moment, but I did laugh a little harder than I should have. And Peggy's proposing to Luann, is that gun cocked? I'm not cocking the gun. I'm in no position to make demands. That was <laughs> that was kind of funny. And then also side favorite moment when she's like, read Huckleberry Finn. And he goes... Does that river represent something? Because I'm starting to think that it does. And I got to check. <laughs> and so my my question to you is, if you were going to give Lucky a book to read, because you are trying to like reach this 46-year-old adult man-child, what book are you going to give Lucky to read? Um. So is this under the guise of, hey, I'm teaching you how to process... English literature and understand themes, subtext, all that stuff. You're basic like high school English assignment bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's getting Animal Farm by George Orwell. Okay, okay. It is not a particularly hard book to read. It's got a lot of like overt things that you can point out. It's got a lot of subtextual things that you can point out. Not to mention it's George Orwell. And when you have that conversation with somebody and you can say, yeah, I read Animal Farm, and I, I kind of understand the concept of communism now and all this and all that. And like, like it's a good, easy jumping-off point into the world of the classics as as compared to a lot of other books. Um, not to mention I prefer something with a little bit more violence than, say, I don't know, The Great Gatsby, which I think is fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's that's my go-to, like, cool, you, you think you're a hot shit person, like, you, you want to learn on your reading, you want to learn your reading comprehension and, and, like, these thematic, yeah, go read Animal Farm, come and talk to me about that, because I could talk for a while on it. Okay, okay. What about you? You got a book that you would give him? Uh, Old Man of the Sea. I think it does a really oh. good job of demonstrating how pointless life is and what a struggle existence is. Santiago went out for 76 days and got nothing, and then on the 77th, he caught a fish, and then it drug him around for a week, and then when he finally caught it, sharks ate it. And then he went back out the next day to go fishing again, and that is a book that I think every kid should read, because 
it glorifies how terrible life actually is while still being very realistic and reasonable about it. Hey, kids, all of you out there that want to be social and media influencers. Hemingway is the greatest writer in the entire world. But <laughs> what? Sorry. Say, all, all you kids out there that want to be social media influencers, just be just be wary. Um, there's already like 50 fucking sharks out in the ocean. And every time you get a whiff of something, they're already going to eat it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Oh, shit. <laughs> um, um, I guess we're to favorite moments then, right? We're not fa- Jesus Christ, our rating system then, what, right? No, so I got one favorite moment that I didn't get to share with you. And oh, it's yeah, sorry. Just, you didn't give your sorry. Yeah. No, it's it's Peggy asking not once but twice where her bourbon is. <laughs> Where's mommy's bourbon? <laughs> just because I like that Peggy's a bourbon drinker, honestly. I do, too. It's, it's out of character for us to see her drinking something that's not... An Alamo beer, which we've seen her drink, or tequila, which we've seen her mm-hmm. drink. Like, bourbon is not mm-hmm. normal. And I'm like, oh, wow, he has pushed her to, like, we're going to visit Tennessee, Peggy. That's what's going down right now. Like, holy shit. <laughs> I I appreciated it. Uh, anyway, now we are to rating systems, Mark. You want to break it down for everybody? Wow, yeah, for the hundredth time. Uh, Future Mark, just cut in me singing that uh, Major Baby song that I did to piss Johnny off so bad like 900 episodes ago. (laughs) Oh, the Major Baby. rating system goes like this. It's not too hard to learn. (laughs) But here's a little primer song before we take our turns. That's right. I remember the whole fucking thing, Johnny. (laughs) Um, No. A rating system breaks down thusly. At the very, very bottom is a charcoal. A charcoal is a failure of an episode. This is a bad episode. Characters are not used well the writing does not make sense um things happen that shouldn't be happening in an episode of king of the hill there's just nothing good about it skip this one the only thing it's gonna do is leave a black tarnish under the sole of your boy's metaphorical fingernails above that is megalo megalo is a turd of an episode nothing is really that good about it it just doesn't really work but you know, in that turd, there are little shiny chunks of corn, and those chunks of corn are the good bits that you can hold on to and watch. You're not going to put on a Megalo, and you're probably going to turn it off if you see it on. Or maybe you get through it, because whatever, it's only going to be 22 minutes long, and it's called Edumacating Lucky. Uh, above that is Butane. Butane is a bastard gas, and this is a bastard of an episode. You love to hate it, and you hate to love it. Characters are hitting their beats. Um, we're hitting our marks. It's just average. It's a B rank. It's just not, it's not good, it's not bad, but if it's two in the morning and you can't sleep because you just moved back to Germany, well, you might have it on (laughs) in the background while you're painting your Warhammer miniatures. Yeah, that's right. I flipped it to you, buddy. Above that is a Char King. Char King is a gold standard rating. This is an A rank in our book. Characters are used well. The writing is on point. Uh, The animation might be pretty. The sound design. We have given, um, we have boosted ranks based off of, like, sound design. And th- that is a Char King. If you and I come together and say that it's a Char King, it becomes a Char King Imperial. This is a really solid episode of King of the Hill that you can show to somebody. But it might be missing something. Like, you might need a little bit of context. Our big takeaway from this one is always going to be the Exterminator. Because you need to understand what a nutcase Dale is to really like that episode. Otherwise, it's just Dale, you know, rehashing uh, Office Space. Kids, go watch Office Space. That's a good movie, too. Above that is a blue is a 
Above that is a blue flame of valor. This is the best episode of King of the Hill. Everything is exactly where it needs to be, and you can show this to anybody with zero context. You can show it to your mom or your granddad, and they'll go, All right, I understand why you spend so much time talking about this damn show. I guess I like it kind of too. So, with that being said, Johnny, what do you give Edumacating Lucky for the 100th time? Um, I, this is going to shock you a little bit, I think. I gave it a Buking. Okay. Uh, so, I gave it a Buking because, for me, this is this is the final, like, nail in the coffin of, hey, Lucky is here and he's here to stay. Um, he is not a flash in the pan. He's not going to buckley, go buckley and blow up on us. Um, he's, he's here to stay. And for however much longer we have on this show, because at this point, I think they only had confirmation of one more season. You're guaranteed to get one more season, at least of consistent lucky. And they took that and kind of went, cool. If that's where we're going, we're going to really dig into him and really start to show his character development and really start to flesh him out as a member of someone who like as someone who's going to now become a permanent fixture on the out. Um, that's what I loved about this episode. I hate how nasty they make Peggy in this episode. I already mentioned it before. She's, she's doing things that are, that they spent 200 episodes saying, no, she would never do this. That's just not her character. That's not her, her moral code. That's not in her, um, what is let's call it his his c- compass, like his moral compass, his, Cone of arms, Moral compass, whatever. Yeah. Whatever the fuck he calls it, it's not in hers. It's not in hers to just say, "Oh, you need you need education." I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. It's just not. So that is awful. And I I wrote something I loved, something I hated, and I also have one more thing that I'm indifferent on that you and I really didn't bring up or address. Everything in okay. this episode doesn't need to happen because it all gets circumvented in the end. They 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 give you a, a golden ticket and go, oh. Yeah, the whole episode is about him trying to get his GED and trying to prove that he's better and yada, yada, yada. And then the last three minutes, they go, well, my dad didn't do this and my grandpa didn't do this. They just had shotgun weddings. Bing. Okay. (laughs) Yep. The whole episode was null void and didn't need to happen. And normally that would make me mad. But in this case, I saw it as a, a character building exercise. And so I'm indifferent to it instead of being mad about it. (laughs) <laughs> okay. It's for as okay. far as twist endings go, it's okay. So, yeah, okay. you king, you king for me, man. What about you? Um, well, you might be surprised to find out that you swayed me, buddy. Initially, I rated this as a megalo, and no, Ooh. it wasn't because I hate Lucky. It was because pretty much everything you just said about how poorly used Peggy is. Um, I hate the guys other than Dale's one line of that ass is about to get kicked somewhere or something like that. <laughs> yep. Um, Bobby doesn't need to be there. Hank is generally dumb this episode. I don't know. It's just, it's not a good episode of King of the Hill. And I gave it a megalo initially, but you're right. Don't look at it as that. Look at it as a character building exercise. And also here we are, what, two seasons later, because Redneck on Rainy was the end of season nine, right? Uh, Season eight. So yeah, two seasons later. Season eight. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sorry. Thank you. I might have done really well on the science portion of the test, but I did very poorly <laughs> on the podcast math section of the GED. Um, but yeah, like, look at it as this. Look at it as, as character building, and now this character is established. And I'll be honest, dude, I thought that this episode happened so much earlier than it did. 
Yeah. Like, I was shocked to see it here at the end of Season 10. So, it's a butane. It's a bastard. I'm not going to put it on, but I'm sure shooting not going to turn it off. Well, hot damn. Yeah, I feel gross. <laughs> don't feel, don't feel gross. I feel man. as gross as Nancy. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, Nancy should feel gross. <laughs> um, um, we should move on. But before we do that, you, buddy, you put your ankles in it, and you did a little bit of research. And here we are at our 100th episode, and this is the perfect time to do it. Yeah. Talk to me about the little project that you have undertaken. I I can absolutely do that. So, guys, we kind of teased Little is it. the wrong word. I apologize. Little short changes how how much work you actually did here. I apologize. I, I did a whole bunch here. Uh, so, for the last couple of episodes, Mark and I have been talking about... We, we, we were going to do an overall overarching list of, you know, our favorite writers. Every time we talk about the writer of the episode, we bring up what was the last one that, that, we, that we did. And then Mark and I kind of, like, have a little discussion and talk about, hey, oh, this is so-and-so. I think I like him, but I don't know if I like him or not. And... And all that because he did this one way, way ages ago, but we did this one and yada, yada. So what I did, I took, uh, I took it upon myself to go through our entire spreadsheet. Mark and I keep a spreadsheet of what we have rated an episode, who's written the episode, you know, little notes and things like that. And I basically broke it down for seasons one through 10. I did an entire aggregate of 200 episodes. I didn't include this one because... You, I hadn't gotten your rating yet, and I'm not going back through and right. doing it real quick because it's a weird long process. But guys, basically, <laughs> this is how it broke down. So season one through ten, I scored everything out of a possible ten points. So if Mark gave something a blue flame, but I gave it um, a butane, that would mean it would get a total of eight points. So Mark's blue flame counts as a five out of five, you know? Um, my butane, it's middle of the road. That counts as three out of five. So five and three is eight, eight out of 10. There's your numbers, right? So the max possible that you could get for an episode is a 10 out of 10. The lowest is a two out of 10. That's a double charcoal. I don't think I even had a two out of 10, but I know we had like a a three in there or a 2.5 or something. There was one in there that you and I just flamed the ever loving shit out of. And I need to go back and look (laughs) and find it now. It's I'm pretty sure it was in season 10 here. So what uh, I did okay. <laughs> for the, what I did for these writers is I took the average score of all the episodes that they had written by credits. So not something they had a storyboard credit for or not something they were a staff writer for. They has to have been written by. It's credited. And I went off IMDb, not the wiki. So I spent a lot of time on IMDb today just so that I could be a little bit more accurate. Um, so you actually did the re you are already better than the wiki 100 yes. episodes in you are still better than the wiki. I am still better than the wiki. So I took the number of episodes <laughs> that that IMDB had confirmed them as a written by credit. And then I we I count, tallied up all of our scores. So I went, OK, cool for this one. Mark and I each gave it a blue flame. Cool. Ten points. So I, I added all of them up. I divided it by the number of episodes. That way we've got our average. So the average score out of everything that we have seen from them up to this point. And then I divided it again by two because the average we had for the first one is out of 10. And if we divide it once more, it gives us an average out of five. So it's something I can basically say, cool, on a scale of one to five, is this a Buking? Is this a Butane? Is this a, a, a Char King? You know, that sort of stuff. It makes it a little bit easier with our ranking system that Mark so graciously explained. 
So in seasons one through 10, I'm going to break down some of these numbers for you. We had one, two, three, four, five writers, only five writers on here that only wrote one episode. They only wrote one episode okay. up to this point. Some of them have, will eventually come back. There is one specifically I know that doesn't. She actually has the highest scoring episode because you only get one shot at that point and you're going to have a pretty high rating if you if we like the episode. But five people up to this point have only written one episode. The highest number of episodes written by a writer or writing duo is 15. Mark, do you want to take a wager at who it is that wrote 15 of these 201 ep- or 200 episodes? Either uh, May and Gamma Lobo or the Allens. It is the Allens. The Allens. Oh, it is God, the, I Allens. Miss the Allens. I know you do. I know you do. Uh, May and Gamma Lobo have only written six up to this point, but they will keep writing, so we will see quite oh, a bit wow. more from them. Um, the next closest, okay, okay. I believe, is Paul Lieberstein and Jim Dotrieve each have 12. Kit Boss has written 13. Um, I believe his last one is next season with Hank Gets Dusted. So we're almost done seeing Kit Boss. Um, wow. Okay. Yes. So most of these averaged around three or a little bit over three, a little bit under three. So if it's under three, we're going to say that um, mm, these are probably... These these are megalo writers. You and I are not going to like them. Uh, Abel and Berger was a two point nine seven as an aggregate. Um, Say that again. Sorry, you broke up. Nope, you're good. Abel and Berger is a two point nine seven, so it's technically not wow. even up to our megalo. Or no, wow. uh, bu- okay. our butane. He's not up to our butane. Um. Yeah. Right. Jim Dotrieve with twelve episodes, and he has. He has three blue flames with us. Three blue flames. Holy shit. Is a 2.91. He did firefighting, right? Beer can and which one? Um, I honest, I'd have to pull it back up again. Um, oh, sorry. No, no, I don't, I don't have, the, I just have pretend to, I didn't say that. No, you're good. You're good. So yeah, even with, even with three, 10 out of tens, he had some stinkers in there that brought it all the average all the way down to 2.91. Um, wow. Eaton Cohen, I know your favorite, your favorite buddy, who we will never see again at this point. So his final score, his last episode was Ain't Over Till the Fat Neighbor Sings, was a 2.97. In 10 episodes, he almost made it up to a three, but didn't quite. <laughs> okay, um, okay. Our lowest one and who we will visit for our very first episode next week, it's his last episode, and I don't think he's going to get any better than he is right now. 2.5, our good buddy Craig Cohen. Craig. Yep. So, Ugh. those are our lowest here. Our all-time highest, and she only had a single episode, it's Gina Fattori. She had a 3.5 as an average. Mark, Gina Fattori is the one who did Bobby Slam. Okay. And okay. I'm okay with having that as our top. The uh, total aggregate highest with the most episodes, oddly enough, or I just, I did it based off of who has more than one episode that I can do that has the highest score. And it just so happens that the highest score is the people with the most written episodes. It's the Allens. They're at a three, four, five. Wow. We, you know, we do, we, we loved. Yeah. I I like going back and listening and we always go, the Allens are back. The Allens are back. Like, yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. So, 
as of now, as of season 10, we have nine total writers in the entire cast here that have earned a blue flame from us. Okay. There are three that have each earned three blue flames from us. The Allens, Jim Dotrieve, and Kit Boss. Okay. Uh, we ha- You and I have not issued a Blue Flame of Valor since Season 6. So, in 7, 8, 9, and now 10, we've had four solid seasons now where we have yet to see a Blue Flame of Valor. I think we can definitively Holy say crap. the end of Season 6, Season 6 is where the golden era of King of the Hill has now officially ended. And we are into the Twilight, let's, let's cruise on down, like literally half of this series is the the downhill slope from from the really good episodes um and mark yeah. you and i have an unofficial top five episodes okay there are only five total episodes that both you and i have agreed deserve a blue flame of valor i'm curious do you know which ones they are i know you know at least two of them um firefighting beer can um yankee hanky we both lost our damn minds over um i can't think of the other two though lupe's revenge okay and won't you pee my neighbor wow and i also want to say that um aisle 8a and beer can named desire come sequentially you and i did a double blue flame two weeks in a row holy shit so that might be the the greatest seat like if i have to go back and and look at the 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 spreadsheet i think that's uh season four i think season four we can say is the best season according to you and i has the most blue flames has the highest average score like i didn't do the score for the seasons i can go back and do that one of these days probably at the end of our our tenure here but yeah it's i think season four is our best season to date wow so yeah i there's there's some interesting things in here um i i thought it was fun some of our solo blue flames dean young has one from us david zuckerman has one from us uh david zuckerman i do believe was our very first one i'm pretty sure he does plastic white female yeah, and that was the funny one, was because I was the first one to give a blue flame with yep. Plastic White Female. Yep. And yours was uh, The Man Who Shot Kane Skredeberg by Johnny Hardwick. Yep, as I said, that's his only one in here. Um, Paul Lieberstein gets yep. one. for uh, He got one from one of us. I think it was me, and I don't remember. Oh, it's... um. Pretty Pretty Dresses. Pretty Pretty Dresses. Thank you very much. I was like, I know which one it is. Why do you keep calling me Bill? Bill. <laughs> Um, anyway, guys, I, this is, like I said, I went through it, I did a wow. bunch of, a bunch of data for you. Um, I hope this sort of thing is kind of up your wheelhouse. Um, those of you that have been with us for a hundred episodes, it's just kind of a look into where Mark and I have been and where we are now. Looking back at some of my older scores, I think I was a lot meaner in the first two seasons than I wanted to be. Like there's a lot lower say, scores in some of those. Than I really I remembered giving them. Nah, I wouldn't say mean. I don't know. I, I think I was trying to make I, sure I do, that I had. I, a good I'm looking voice. back at it. I don't know. I'm looking back at it now, and like, I remember a bulk of these with you, and like, but two, a lot of these aren't good. Square peg really sucked. 
uh, Luann Saga really sucked. Westy side story you were wildly uncomfortable with. Peggy yeah. the Boggle... Okay, the one that sticks out to me is Peggy the Boggle Champ. We both megalode it, and that is... It's, that's it's weird. Compared to what that one is weird. That Megalos. was a really alright episode. Huh? Yeah. As I said, compared to some of the yeah. megalos that we've seen, or the Tutanes that we have seen, it makes me feel weird to go back and look at that and go, oh, wow, you mean we really didn't like that? We make a load, uh, meet the manger babies, uh, traffic jam, junkie business. Yeah, junkie business sucked. Huh. <laughs> we were hoisted by our own Leon Petard. It's cool. <laughs> Slide a Hank, we make a load. Yeah? Damn, dude. Well, number one, well done. Um, thank you. Thank you. That was great. And shit, I, well, here we are. Let's, let's, let's continue, right? That's, that's where we're at, right? That's, that's where we are, man. Let's truck right on into season 11. Got three more left, guys. Three more seasons left. Then, then, I I don't know, some ill-gotten 14th season that no one asked for, but we're somehow magically getting anyway. (laughs) It's the ultimate monkey's paw. All right, Mark, why don't we jump on over to that one? Or over to, not over to that one, over to season 11. <laughs> Starting off with season 14, episode one, Mark doesn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a good idea. Okay, episode 202. First season, uh, or first episode of season 11. God, I promise my shit is together, guys. Uh, this is the Peggy Horror Picture Show, original air date, January 28th, 2007. We are well into 2007 now. Uh, written by Christy Stratton. Mark, where do we see her last? Uh, last time we saw her was the portrait of the artist as a young clown, or Bobby the Clown, which you and I both, or we gave that one on Imperial. And before that was Patriot Act, and you and I liked that more than we thought we would. And I think she is our, like, what you would call the modern age... Uh, King of the Hill writer. I would say so as well. Yeah, it's you and I often bring her up because she's the only one that that stepped out after King of the Hill and has continued to imbibe in the King of the Hill universe with Bless the Hearts. Yep. Uh, yeah. Which I think so, I'm going to make you watch at least a season of. I've watched a bulk of it, and I kind of like, but... Okay. It, I mean, you know me. I'm down to try just right. about anything. Yeah, 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 except for you're so resolute about when we do season one of the Cleveland show, but whatever, it's happening, girl. It's it, it's not happening. I I already, I have a good substitution for, for this, because I know that there's, there's, there's one specific way that this podcast is going to work, Mark. Either you and I have to both be all in and know everything about it, or at least one of us does. And I am going to, to bow to your, your all-knowing knowledge, we're going to do Spartacus. It's the only way. I haven't rewatched it in 10 years. Oh, Jupiter's cock. All right, I'm in. <laughs> I think you and I can do an episode of Spartacus every week, and it's going to just reignite my love for John Hanna and um, Lucy Lawless. I almost said Xena, <laughs> Warrior Princess, but I didn't. Both <laughs> of them. Both, both of Lucy's Lawlesses. Uh, Mark, <laughs> Boy, our cast of characters. <laughs> oh, holy shit. Okay, so that... Can you hear me? I can. Hold on a second. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Okay, how about now? You hear me? Yep. God damn it. 
Are you laughing at my Lucy's lawlessness? Um, laughing at our general inability to fucking wrangle headphones in this fucking series across the entire high hammock family, honestly. <laughs> okay, let's try this again. Okay. Now I think it's Discord being a fucking dick squeezer. <laughs> My Discord hates connecting to anything Bluetooth, and I do not understand why. There's no fucking reason for it. Um, yeah. tell you what, let me, I'm just, I'm leaving my, my shit still recording. Give me a second and I'll call you right back. Okay. Yeah, buddy. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 Sorry, I got into a real thing over here. No, you're good. I I think we're good. I got to buy Jess some new Bluetooth headphones. She's got two pairs. One of them is like, I think she spent 15 euro on them and they are, they're okay, but they are fucking uncomfortable, like uncomfortable in your ears. The other are her two year old beats that I'm currently using. And one of them just fucking dies for no reason all the time. And I think it's just like two years of fucking use and, and they're done. They're just fucking dead. So I need I mean, to buy beats her some shit anyway. Like I'm, I'm astounded. They've lasted two fucking years. That's really what it is. Um, yeah, but this was my easy way of like, all right, if, if for some fucking reason it's my headphones that keep getting picked up here because I have over-the-ear ear cans, like, I, I'm just going to say fuck that and use earbuds. <laughs> so, <laughs> next week, Jess gets paid in a couple of days. I'm going to go to Media Markt. We're going to get some headphones. It's going to be great. And I'm going to steal them from her, even though I bought them for her. It's going to be great. Okay. Where the fuck I'm just going to fucking buy you guys your own set of Raycons. Like- God damn you, No. <laughs> You say this, like, once a month to me, you bastard. No. Well, um, fucking get headphones that work, you bastard. All this is staying in, by the way. The the the, the technical difficulty, me singing Chuck Mangione, it's all staying in. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, so our cast of characters this week, Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Dale Gribble, Bill Dotrieve, Boomhauer, Luann Platter, Joseph and Nancy Gribble, Min and Connie Supanusimpone, Earl Bowlby, Jim, Carolyn's mother, and... Carolyn, our guest star, Carolyn slash Jamie, if you will. Um, Mark, you are not going to recognize this voice, this voice actor for Carolyn. I'm going to guess you don't, right? Not at all. No, what you got? Uh, It is not a typical voice actor to my knowledge, but it is someone that is very much a member of the King of the Hill family. And I thought this was super cool because I went, I want to know who does this voice. And then when I saw the name, I went, holy shit, that's great. (laughs) Christy Stratton. It is not, uh, but you're barking oh. up the correct tree. It is Michael Jamin. It is our our writer from last really? week's episode. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yes. So it does the voice of Carolyn and Jamie, which I thought was excellent. Um, a synopsis for this week's episode, Peggy finds a new friend at the shoe store and Bobby and Joseph prank Arlen. A story characters, Peggy and Carolyn. B story characters, Bobby and Joseph. Um, without giving away too much, guys, we go on tears on this show where we talk about a bunch of like political crap and 
things that are right and wrong to our morals and everything else. Mark and I made an active decision not to do that with this episode. So if you're coming here expecting us to sit here and whine, bitch, complain, make a giant, huge ass statement about trans rights or cross-dressing or drag shows or any of that shit, you'll get maybe five minutes total and the rest of it's going to be King of the Hill. We've been on a tear lately and we got to get better about it. Mark, give me some notes that are hopefully not contradicting what I just said. Number one, the culture war is here and they are coming for your fucking children and I am sick of pretending that it is not a god. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> um, so, um, sorry, I cracked myself up with my own Leon petard there. Uh, number one. So Luann, the, literally the opening scene here, Luann has the line of whatever she's talking about, about Cosmos. And she goes, I heard about it for the first time in a bar, right? And then Nancy is reading what, Johnny? That's right. Metropolitan, not Cosmopolitan. Yeah, and I can't tell I that. if that is either a great bit or if it's like the writers like, you know, it's the parallel parallel import because like, you know, you can't list a major well they do red book so i don't know either way i can't tell if it was a missed opportunity to like <laughs> have nancy just reading cosmo i don't hey, care i just if they can pimp the olive garden then they can definitely pimp cosmo i think that's smart writing i do too i just think it's and that's where i'm falling down i just it made me laugh quite a bit um oh hey look at that johnny peggy has monster feet now that the plot fucking needs it now we can animate <laughs> it right I'm sorry. I know. I know. I am sure you guys are sick of me doing this, but boy, I'm going to beat that horse just one more time. Uh, your new um, nickname is Quentin Tarantino because you care about feet too much. I just care about Peggy's porno piggies. That's all. <laughs> Here come the baked beans. Um. Okay, so this episode, we were kind of hinting at it last episode, but like, so why is Peggy so, I don't want to say masculine. She just is, she, I'm sorry. She's got like farm kid strength. That's about the size of it. You know, like, yes, that's a good way to describe it. Oh, she, she grew up on a farm. I'm sorry. She grew up on a cattle farm until her family moved to Texas and my grand unified theory timeline at King of the Hill when she was in high school. And like, yeah, sure. She's really strong, but there's, I, I just don't really understand it. Like, but it's, they're being mean about it. You know, it's, yeah, but we've it's also cheap seen. Shots. Yeah, but we've also seen a lot how like Peggy's pretty pretty damn strong in her own right. I mean, what she broke ribs or beef ribs, and I remember mono. Um, yeah. But she also pulled her groin in um, a firefighting. We will go. So like all these little bits, like. And I'm not saying that you know you can't be strong in one way versus another, but I just they're kind of just mean about it, like yeah. I don't, I don't know. And I'm not saying it's a pro or a con. I'm just calling it out because I don't like it. But on the other hand too, like I have said multiple times across this run, dude, Peggy's kind of hot in her own right. I'm sorry, dude. I remember sundress Peggy. I remember say, say, Napa un king of the hill, Peggy and her little artist get up. And I was like, dude, Johnny Peggy's hot. And you're like, calm down, Mark. And you'd hit me with a spray bottle. But like, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying Peggy's hot. And I just, we we should also make a point to point out here: drag queens versus whatever the hell else. Men dressing up as women and putting on a show, right? So like, yeah. 
Because, I, I, yeah, like, you go watch RuPaul's Drag Race, and some of those dudes are so damn convincing, and it makes you feel confused feelings about yourself, and whatever, but, like, I, I don't see anybody mistaking Peggy for being a man, no. if that makes any sense. She, like, that's where I get hung up masculine. on this. No. She's strong. She's a goddamn ox, to be sure, but, like... She's also yeah. a woman of the Republic of Texas, and she reapplies her lipstick 37 times in a single day. Like, so, I don't know. I, whatever. I'm done beating that one to death. Um, what's weird to me is that this episode didn't hold up because we as a society have regressed and just become generally shitty to anything that sounds like it might be a good uh, tagline. Uh, 90s TV had a ton of drag queen characters, and one that really stands out to me is uh, Drew Carey's brother in the Drew Carey show. Yeah, that was a plot point. It wasn't a plot point. That was just a through line. Like I remember when him and Mimi got together, and he shows up in a dress, and Mimi's like, "All right, fuck it, I'm in." Like, uh huh. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then he was in Mimi, and then they had a baby, and it was still just a part of it. And it's just, uh, I don't know. A lot of my notes just kind of wrap around to this idea of who the fuck cares? Let people be people, so long as they're not like you know waving it in your face. I don't know. Um. We got two musical cues here that I caught, and I might have missed some. One is okay. I'm Every Woman by Whitney Houston. I got it by Shaka Khan, it's... but excellent. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. It. I looked up the I looked at the credit and it said Whitney Houston. I don't know. Um, okay. I don't know. Um, but my side pro to that is my Google auto-filled when it, start, when it said I'm Every, and it said I'm pooping after every meal. And then I thought, <laughs> I poop too much. <laughs> then I get tired. I get tired. What does that say about me that my phone thinks I poop too much? Uh, it says uh, that you might be lactose intolerant. No, Johnny, we said we're not going to be intolerant in this podcast. Now drink your goddamn milk. <laughs> um, Guys, but then also... it's okay that we're quoting this shit because it's also Mike Judge. <laughs> oh, I was doing uh, Simpsons when Homer's the ice cream man. And he's like, here you go, buddy. I'm lactose intolerant. I won't stand for that. He gives the kid the ice cream bar. <laughs> oh, see, I was just going to lose the butthead to America. I got you. I mean, I, I know you were too, but I, I whatever. It doesn't matter. Sorry. Digression over. Uh, other <laughs> music cue is We're Not Gonna Take It Anymore by Twisted Sister. Um, oh, awesome. I missed that one. It's uh, Bill when he meets his new DUI lady. Oh, perfect. Okay. Uh, those are my notes, buddy. What do you got for me? Um, okay. Uh, so first off, apparently, uh, we now just must accept in, in canonical King of the Hill that Peggy has no ass just like Hank, because how in the hell are they wearing the same jeans if that's not the case? Um, <laughs> why, uh, fan theories only here, why is Dale not the gun club president? Because last time we checked, he, he still was. He had saved their asses from Mad Dog, and he was their their president. What, like, how well, did this other guy that they had to lock away and coup? What what happened there? What do you remember the name of that one? Soldier of Misfortune. There no. you are. I was trying to. Is that it? Yeah, yes. Soldier of Misfortune. You're right. Yeah, that was season six. So it's been okay. what at this point six years. Nah, they're just cycling through gun club. They're just cycling through gun club presidents. I like how the gun club has a better democratic system than, you know, Russia. <laughs> yes. I also appreciate that there's so many people of color in the Texas gun club. 
I think like we talked about before how diverse and cool the gun club is. Yeah, like, because you yeah. got the gay guys, you got the black guy, like, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, you already hit I'm Every Woman. Like I said, my version that I found on YouTube was Shaka Khan, but it might be Whitney Houston. I don't know the song very well, uh, other than the fact that that's one of the most beautifully animated dance scenes I've seen in this show. That makes me really happy. Dude, we have not had a we blew our animation budget in so long, and oh my god, we blow our animation budget with that dance. And it looks so good. Like, that got me pumped up. I've never, ever once in my entire life been interested in a drag show, and I kind of wanted to go and watch one after that. I was like, okay, I could see this. I could do this. Um, So, for my five minutes on this subject, and it's not even going to be five minutes, it's just a note that I have here. I a lot of people that are going to watch this are, or are going to try and make a commentary on this episode are going to say that it has a statement to make about transgender. And I don't think it okay. does. And my reasoning behind this is Carolyn, the character, doesn't ever really talk about that. Now, Carolyn's mom is super supportive and says, you were just born a genetic man and yada, 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 and goes and makes all these assumptions but never once does Carolyn say anything about being transgender or wanting to be. All she says is, I'm a man who likes to dress up as a woman. I'm into drag. So I think yeah. this episode needs to it needs to delineate. There can be men who dress up as women that are completely straight. And they do these shows and they're completely straight. You know? Um, man, this year like she, was the first Halloween that I haven't gone in drag. Like, I love fucking wearing fishnets. I look amazing in a pair of Daisy Dukes and fishnets. Like, <laughs> yeah. Se sexuality no, I, is a spectrum. I can't, I, I don't know a single person that's going to say they are 100% male or female. There's no such fucking thing. I'm way too emotional. I'll to pump your brakes. I'm all man, baby. <laughs> I, I've seen you and I've seen how you act around animals, Mark, and real men don't act that way. So you're at least 1% female. Um, does that, what is, wait, what does that mean? Wait, 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 back up. <laughs> it means that you actually have a soul and are empathetic towards animals. And that is not a typical male feature. Bullshit. The old man and his dog. I don't know. I'm going to take a interesting, picture of you interesting, the next okay. time I see you react to my fucking cats. Because I send you pictures of my cats and you squeal like a damn eight-year-old. And it's amazing. I love your fucking cats. They're adorable. It, there you go. Anyway, <laughs> it's a spectrum. It is what it is. I, I think we need to delineate that this episode is about drag. It's not about transgender. Um... Other notes here. Jamie drives a PT Cruiser. I appreciate that they took the time to animate specifically a PT Cruiser design and they gave it an authentic, like, great purple color because everybody knew someone who drove a purple PT Cruiser somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, and my last note here is we have a new location in Arland. All the Queen's men. I'm guessing that's the <laughs> game bar. <laughs> it's that or it's a weird chess club. Yeah. Ha! <laughs> Mark, give me your pros. <laughs> Saucy mix. <laughs> okay, look, I'm cool with you saying I'm feminine for, like, you know, being cool with animals. But you call me a minx again, we're going to talk about it. <laughs> I'm a badger and we all know it. <laughs> uh, my pros. So, also, I want to point out a pro to you, or I don't know if it's a pro to you, but you justified my reasoning in my notes here. Uh, Jamie and Carolyn are two different characters portrayed by the same person. It's just two different sides of the same coin. 
Yes. Um, right? So, 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 we get, like, there are differences. There's, you know, Jamie, or, sorry, there's Carolyn learning how to eat a sandwich at the Magic Pan. Also call back to, um, uh, oh, yeah, the last time that Peggy got a friend and she turned out to be a hooker. Um, so, we get that bit. That is Carolyn. But then you also get Jamie and his annoyance with his mom's support of him. Right. Um, you get Jamie and Hank and they're like interactions that is separate from Carolyn and Peggy and their interaction. And I want to point out that there are two different sides of that coin. And I liked it. And I like that you pointed it out that way too. Um, anyway, um, there's a lot of, it shows a lot of good restraint on Stratton's part, not putting Bobby in the living room, dancing to I'm every woman. Oh yes. Because this would be right up Bobby's alley. And it didn't. Instead, we got the cool reveal, and I like that. I like how that worked out. Um, Pro, that dance scene, they blew their animation budget. It's a good little scene. And then I like the look on Hank's face when he walks in and just realizes that Peggy has a friend and they're having fun. 90% of the time, Hank is going to put the kibosh on this, and, oh, you're dancing to that Whitney Houston. Like, yeah. oh, God, Shaka Khan, not in my house. Like, any, whatever, I don't know. But, like, I don't know why he would dislike you. Not either, around the boy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Damn it, Peggy. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just, I like that little bit. And Hank is just, he's, Hank, this is really good Hank episode. Like, Hank is just a good dude, and I'm here Super for it. Super supportive, and he's like, oh, yeah, no, my wife needs a friend, and I'm going to hook up with this Jamie guy, because he seems pretty, pretty smart. Like, he seems to understand women pretty well. I get this. This is an easy person for me to go to. Like, Hank is very logical in this episode. This is good Hank. No, but this is like, this is the Hank that we have come to know and love because he is logical and he is reasonable. Um, It kind of, this draws a lot of parallels to my own private rodeo a little bit, minus the uncomfortableness okay. out of Hank because like, he is uncomfortable being around, you know, uh, Juan Pablo and Bug. But I also right. just think that's because it's not his element and it freaks him out. And they took him to a gay bar and he saw a lot of assless chaps, I imagine. <laughs> and there was no fire exit in that gay bar, but whatever. Um, you want a beer? Uh, where have you been all morning? And I say that as I am opening my one beer that I'm contractually obligated to drink as we do this podcast. <laughs> yes. Oh, also, uh, fun side story. Uh, we're brewing our two wizards anniversary beer and I got a bottle today and I totally didn't order new bottles. So I've been trying to horse two cases of that tire. And it tastes so bad, but they're the only ones in town that I can get that have, like, reusable bottles. Oh, and, no. Oh, my God. It's so bad. Yeah, I've been just, like, horsing Fat Tire, and I feel bad, and I look bad, and... Is it <laughs> the, the new, think... quote-unquote, new recipe? Yeah, and it tastes like shit. It literally tastes like shit. It is terrible. Oh, buddy. Well, um, as a good German, I got my first German drinking boot from Bavaria this week, so... Ooh. Yes. Sehr gut. Um, <laughs> um, Bobby punching Joseph in the face. Am I handsome? <laughs> and then Joseph's Might like, he's just like moment. the camera. <laughs> yeah. <and> he... <laughs> that is Joseph. pretty good. Like, okay, yes, we are very, very mean to Peggy in this episode, but that might be the meanest we've been to Joseph since I don't want to wait. Yeah. <laughs> I just poor damn kid. <laughs> what do you, what do you got for me, buddy? 
Um, I'm going to jump into my pros here. And my first one, um, it's always a pro when we see our animated characters being sexy. The fact that Min knows what a key party is and is very enthusiastic for one is kinky as shit. Um, it just she keeps solidifying her as the hottest. <laughs> yes. It just keeps solidifying her as the hottest woman in the alley. Um, I, it's a huge pro to me that all of the, the nuts at the gun club just blindly follow Dale and get his war paint going with him. That That made me <laughs> laugh out loud today. And not a lot of stuff still does that in this show because I've watched it so many times. But I don't don't spend a lot of time in season 11, 12, 13. So, yeah, this oh, it made me laugh so hard. Um, You can tell that this is the first episode of a new season. And like you had mentioned before, we blew our animation budget, not just on the dancing. How many costume changes do we get in this episode? Like, Oh, my God, they're beautiful. There yeah. is so much new drawing in this. Um, everybody's getting like, there's variations of even things too, because Luann has Nancy's old red boots and then they re remodel them so that Peggy can have them as well. And they're noticeably different in the, in the size factor, but they, they paid enough attention to go. Yep. Nope. But we need them to look just like these ones. They just need to look fucking bigger. Um, so like you're, you're taking existing stuff and you're sizing it up, which is a little bit. I mean, it's a little bit easier, but you're still taking the time for it. And they do that change clothes change swap thing two times in this episode where people are just rifling through and it's really, really cool. Um, I love outfit changes. I love Peggy's eating technique demonstration because it's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, I j literally just watched Alien last night and I'm thinking to myself, Oh look, there's my little mouth, and that's that's all I'm seeing is Peggy and her little mouth popping out of her big <laughs> mouth when she does that. I'm like, holy shit! Okay, awesome. <laughs> and it is always a pro when Bill gets lucky. I'm sorry, even if it's somebody that is just super hammered and smashed her car into into a light pole or whatever whatever it was. Um, Bill being the better guy and driving her home. Good on you, buddy. You know you're getting some strange tonight. That's always a pro in my book. What about you, buddy? Over under who got herpes more often, uh, Red Corner Bill. Oh. Uh, Bill. I think Red I was Corn say Bill dips his... <laughs> Redcorn mostly dips his pen into the company ink for, like, the bulk of 13 years and then gets to go out and explore. And then he goes and gets himself a new catcher's mitt, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, cons. I don't know if I like or dislike the B plot because it does adhere to what you and I establish as a good B plot as it is separate from the A story, doesn't add to it, doesn't detract from it, uh, and it really is inconsequential to it. I just don't care. I, I just really don't like it. It kind of almost okay. feels shoehorned in, but it does lead to some good moments, like you're saying with the Dale, you know, gun club face paint. Um, Joseph getting popped in the face. Am I handsome? Like, the little bits. Um, <laughs> them almost, almost like getting Bill Dotry of killed. Bill almost dies at the hands of Bobby. Like, <laughs> Yeah, almost. <laughs> so... I don't know, but to that end, I'm just going to err on the side of caution and say that I don't like it because I don't really like it. But also, side con to that con, 
How did Bobby and Joseph get to the gun club? Isn't it like kind of out in the boonies a little bit? From I think so. Yeah, that's kind of how I always saw it. Ha- or you know, breaking down. Um. Again, I'm just gonna rail about the current culture of society and humanity, or where we are, whatever, I don't know. I see a lot of posts talking all this good shit about how supportive the mom is because of acceptance, and it kind of pisses me off because it's like, well, bully for you, dude. You had a choice to make, and you chose to be a decent human. The bar is so fucking low. Especially yeah. now, the bar is even somehow lower. Um, And, like, this is the most quote-unquote progressive we've been as a species, and whatever. Like, yeah, I also understand cultures are different across time and whatever. Don't come at me with that. But, like... Uh, that's where we're at. And then I got to thinking about it. I'm like, I, I was trying to think about other cases of this, like in Roseanne and the mom turns out to be gay and nobody really seems like they care. Or in um Glee, Kurt's dad is a big standout to me. Yeah. I've watched all okay. of Glee, not by choice. We all do things for the people <laughs> that we love. Uh, yes, Mike O'Malley is very supportive, very sweet man. There was even one time we we're watching in the episode where he has a heart attack, and I looked at Amanda, and he's, like, remembering, like, oh, what a good dad you were. And I look at Amanda and go, man, if I was gay, you think my dad would love me? And then I realized, nah, my dad will just never love me, and I broke down crying. My point is, I just don't care. And Like, stop <laughs> calling this shit out. Like, you want a fucking cookie? Is that what you want is a fucking cookie? There's your cookie. But then to that point, too, the mom is obnoxious. Like... You know, she, yes, she, at least she, she is knee-jerk. Huh? At least Jamie calls her out for it. I mean, yeah, but even at the very beginning, like, you know, oh, it's Peggy. Oh, what's her problem? Or, you know, it's like automatically yeah. jumping to the worst conclusion. Fuck you. Like, you're not listening to a problem. You just can't gloss over and be supportive. You need to sit there and listen. And it doesn't matter what it's about. You need to sit and you need to listen to a thing. Um, My final con. And granted, I have not been to a drag show since I was doing slam poetry in Colorado Springs, and that was better than six years ago. We used to do it at a gay bar. Um, It was a lot of fun there, but, like, even back then, same con as I've got now. Drag queens, y'all suck, man. Get modern music. Nobody likes the mandrills. (laughs) Step it the fuck up. There's all sorts of really cool female pop stars out there for you to emulate now. I get what you're saying. Except for, like, I feel like Lady Gaga and Katy Perry kind of stole y'all's bit, but yeah. I want to go up and see some giant, like, drag queen dancing around a WAP, dude. Yeah, I mean, let's do it. Like, or, or anything else for that matter. <laughs> like, I guess, I actually, you know what, I guess I'm retracting that as a con. Because if I saw... If I saw anybody dancing around to Pharrell's happy, I'd get really upset and probably walk out. But yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, not a lot of cons. I, I just genuinely like this episode. It's kind of hard. Again, it's really hard to separate this one from our current climate. And I really don't yeah, care for is. that. But whatever. This is a retrospective rewatch of a show that it did. What this episode was 2007. That is 13 years old. Like, yeah. Goddamn. So whatever. It didn't. It didn't hold up, and that is not this episode's fault at all, but, yeah. I don't know. Okay. Uh, how about um, you, buddy? I, Which, cons, or? I, I don't have very many cons for this. Um, my, my really, like, the biggest glaring one for me is that this episode is really fucking mean to Peggy. Um, we brought it up earlier yes. in last episode. It just, like, they... They are the writers are just being cruel at a, at a certain point, and 
what they have basically done is said, it doesn't matter how feminine you may have thought you were for 200 episodes. Um, you have big feet and you happen to be shopping at a store for ladies with big feet. And now we're insinuating that you look mannish enough that drag queens are mistaking you for being a man. Never once in this show have they ever done that to Peggy. They've never once made a comment about like really mannish figure, mannish like actions. Yeah, she's not, she doesn't dress like everybody else in the alley, but that doesn't mean anything. It just means like, she, if anything, she dresses just like an older lady, you know, somebody who's She just doesn't too... have any fashion sense. Like that's the yeah, problem. Exactly. Peggy can't, you know, like, I guess, I don't know. She did try that one time and uh, it was that isotoner dress. <laughs> it was that ice. Well, she did the the pageant, and Peggy looks fine. Well, yeah, in the sure. Pageant. Peggy's pageant fever. Oh yeah, like Peggy's hot. She I'm sorry. I'm, I'm gonna say so. Yeah, she has. No, her it's our, our Thanksgiving she's episode just... where she has the fucked up hair. Like, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Like, but it's just like she's not unattractive. She just doesn't. She's just she's not Nancy. You know, like. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay, so I think. Yeah, so there, there's Nancy, and so in our triumvirate of clucking hens, in all checks and balances, there is Nancy that is, like, the, we'll call it the girliest girl of all. There's Min, yes. who's the most, like, professional girl, if that makes sense. Like, you know, you always see men in, like, a skirt and, like, a button-up or something, or, like, the weird right. t-shirt without arms. And then in the middle is Peggy. So, it's just how people dress, you know, like... Right, and she's not going to go walk Shit, around. I walked around like Kansas Luan. City with you, sweating my ass off because I refused to put on shorts. You know what I mean? Like shit, like that. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's not going to walk around dressing like Luann. Like, and I think that's right. honestly what a lot of people expected her to like. It, oh, you you just want to dress her up like Luann, and this won't this this whole thing won't happen if she's really pretty. It's like if she really does have this sort of feminine beauty. It's like no, that's it's that's never going to work, and it's very off character for her. Um, yeah, it just, I, I got mad at this because even at the end, Luann is making fun of her. Yeah. Like she walks up to her and yeah. says, do you see what this is? It's a bracelet. Sometimes women wear these to look more feminine. And it's like, okay, when even Luann is poking fun, that means you've gone too far. Because Luann also is not a mean fucking person. She's not a mean girl, especially to her Aunt Peggy, who she knows will just lock her ass. You know, <laughs> got to chip her so, nails again. Yeah, my <laughs> my face feels funny. Um, my <laughs> my uh, yeah, that's my one big glaring con is that they Peggy has never once exuded mannish. You know that oh, I get it. She played softball. The joke is that she she could be mistaken for a lesbian. Guess what, guys? Not She's a lesbian. Are, she plays softball. Like, yeah, like, yeah. God, it's that's that's my big glaring con for this. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I got. I'm I'm to favorite moments unless you got cons, man. No, I already gave you my cons, yeah. Oh, you already blew through them. I that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> hey, hey, um, 100 episodes yeah. in, you finally forgot where we were. <laughs> um, true. No, I was going to ask though, who would you rather go get a beer with number 1? Uh, okay, so I guess if you're getting a beer with them, well, Carolyn's not going to drink a beer. She's going to get something lighter like a Cosmo. So would you rather, okay, here we go. Would you rather have a Cosmo with Carolyn or a beer with Jamie? Cause I uh, think Carolyn would be more fun to hang around. I absolutely think Carolyn's going to be more fun to hang around. Long-term 
I wouldn't hang out with either. But hey, if I if I got to go blow off steam and I'm in town for one night and I just happen to go, oh, yeah, you're a friend of a friend. Let's go hang out. Absolutely, Carolyn, 100 percent. Yeah. Hey, can we also talk about there is a side pro in here that we didn't even address and like. As much as we loved it in my own private rodeo, I am so glad we didn't get a bunch of bits of like Bill and Dale being assholes about <laughs> grab ass. Oh, look at me, I'm wearing a pretty, pretty dress. Like, yes, you know, um, uh, there wasn't a sideline where Bill went to the drag show because he heard that Peggy was going, so he went to all the Queen's men and like fell in love with like the weird, busted ass Frida Kahlo. Like, <laughs> yeah. Which also props to the animation department. They really, they really nailed all the drag queens, man. And that's, again, I hung out, not a lot with them, but I did a lot of shows, or not a lot, maybe a dozen shows with some drag queens. And, like, you know, we're also theater majors. You get exposed to certain climates and shit. But, like, dude, I have seen every one of those people before. Like, there's the super, like, the the one blonde one, and it's just got, like, the broadest chest. It got a broader chest than red corn. Um, there's the, what the, the Whitney Houston one and Peggy's like, if I didn't think she was dead or whatever, I wouldn't know any better. Right. Um, right. there's the Frida Kahlo one. So it, like, I just really like it. I really had fun this episode, just kind of like sitting and enjoying it. And like, I know we said we weren't going to get political or come down on any side, but I would say go to a fucking drag show guys. They kick ass. Like, yeah, I, this, I think the, the big difference for me between this and you had mentioned, uh, my own private rodeo is that my own private rodeo, They all, everybody finds out at the same time that Bug is gay. And I don't yeah. think even at the end of this episode, Hank realizes that Jamie and um, Carolyn are the same person. Like, Peggy tries to explain it to him, and he doesn't really get it, and so he just goes and calls Jamie anyway. Yeah. Um, and Which... I, that's why I think the guys aren't fucking weird about it the entire time. But... No, yeah. like, you're, you're 100% right, though. Just go go and check something like that out. If you have some extra time you know those people they drag queens in that entire community they're not going to just boo you shame you if you're in there to just kind of test it out and see if you like it or not they'll be welcoming um if they're coming on yeah. too strong can tell them <laughs> and they'll 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 step off they're just like cool it's fine is what it is I mean, as long as you're not yeah. being shitty to us then rock on but yeah, a general I, level I, of coexistence amongst all humans. And, like, again, dude, the bar is so low, but fuck. Dangle Podcast is taking a stand here and just saying, let humans be humans. We're all going to do our own weird shit. And if you want to do the weird shit with them, do it with them. And if you don't want to do the weird shit with them, then don't do it with them. But don't make it your business to try and sway them a different way. All right, I'm done. Just, Sorry. Yeah, just leave them alone, then. Yeah. Uh, favorite moments, Mark. What do you got for me? Um, favorite moments, um, Joseph getting cracked in the face by Bobby. That's hilarious. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and then I do genuinely like the scene with Hank and, uh, Jamie in the juice bar. And you know a lot about women. Like, yeah, I just, again, I, again, maybe I'm being like two up on Hank's dick this week and I'm not sure why I am, but like, I really just like, I really like Hank throughout this episode. I really like everybody this episode. And then um, final one is probably the best line in the episode. I don't make her mad. She's going to hit you. And she's got fists like frozen turkeys coming out of men. That is. Get out of my favorite of the, moments. <laughs> that is one of the better bitchy men lines than we have gotten in quite a while. And oh, baby, am I here for it. 
I have two of them, and that was one of them. That woman's got fists sorry, like buddy. frozen turkeys. No, it's. I'm so glad. You and I haven't had the same one for a while, so that's a good one for us to sync up on, especially for our 100th episode. Um, I, My other one here is that I don't know why more people don't drive with their high beams on. I can see everything. <laughs> <laughs> this is brain damage, Peggy, guys, and I'm here for it because I have to imagine every time some asshole just like blinds the living shit out of me, they're just taking Peggy Hill's advice. I can see everything. There's a really fun, like, beeline throughout the series here where Peggy just like, Hank, I had the rudest driver today. <laughs> like... Right. <laughs> oh, awesome. man. Well, oh. let's get to rating right, this well. one. Yeah. Uh, what do you give her? I gave it a Buking. Okay. So I, I really like how happy Peggy is for about half this episode. When she has Carolyn and they are friends and she gets out to go and do girly things. She's finally unshackled from the triumvirate of plucking hens. Like, it, it's, it is really fun to see her stretch her legs and see her range and go, that's right, Peggy is a, is a likable person. It's not just the people in the alley. It's not just Hank that like her. Um, every, I, I swear, it's we've been being force-fed for like two or three seasons now that if someone is around Peggy, it is her job to be as obnoxious and unlikable as possible. And that's not how she always was. And it's really, really refreshing to see them go, nope, Peggy can still make friends. It doesn't take very much work because she's a very likable person. So I like that. Uh, I really don't like how mean they are to her in this episode. That's why it's a Bu King and not something like a Char King. It's unwarranted and it's really hard to watch. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What about you, ma'am? I'm not sure. Um, Because in talking to you about it, I realized I liked it more than I liked it initially, and granted I watched okay. it at 5am this morning, and I'm not used to, I'm back on like getting to be a human and sleeping, and so like 5am is like belligerently early for me, and so maybe <laughs> okay. that kind of like colored my commentary a bit but like, at the same time, I, I initially, so I'm going to read you my initial rating um, Butane, it's a decent Peggy episode that does not involve her getting tricked into a pyramid scheme, already super pro Okay, um, but it doesn't hold up to a section of society driven by, you know, dog whistles and trigger words, and we're all becoming assholes, and we're fundamentally forgetting what it means to be a human. But, fuck it, this is also on par with my own private rodeo, and I like that one a lot, too, and I like this one a lot, too, and it's also not trying to make a statement. This isn't... This could have been a very special episode so easily, and it wasn't. It was just... I'm a guy, I like to put on a dress, and I like to sing some Tina Turner. Let's call that good. Fucking A. We just accept that as given. Awesome. I'm in. We're all in for it. No one's saying anything about it. Yeah. It's also a really, it's also a really forgettable episode. Like in the grand scheme of King of the Hill, like I, you know, like on the one hand, yeah, you can't be in today's current climate and not see this one pop up every couple weeks and whatever. But like yeah. at the same time, As I, say, I wouldn't yeah, barring, really remember this. Yeah. Yeah. Barring, barring current events, like you're not going to remember that this is here. The, the current events is the only reason you do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like, so I'm not sure. And I think I'm just going to come down as I'm just going to give it a solid butane. I love to hate it. And I hate that I love it so much, but I don't okay. hate that I love it. I just hate us as a people because we all need to be cooler to each other. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, we do. Yeah. So I guess with that being said, buddy, 11 seasons deep now. Do you still yes, like King are. of the Hill? 
Mark, I, I still love King of the Hill, and I, I hope you're right here with me. Yeah, I still love King of the Hill. I I don't know. I saw the uh, Hulu card pop up for Serpunt, and I've been talking good shit about how I don't want to see it, but I'm also really excited to watch Serpunt. I don't remember that one, and I'm excited to get into that one. Um, just, you know, looking forward to that future. It, it's not bright, but it's also not dark, and... That's what I'm going to take it as. We're just going to take it as they come and enjoy it for what it is. And, uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Very good. Well, hey, a little little bit of a preview for you. Even if you absolutely hate Serpunt and give it, like, the charcoaliest of charcoals, next week is still going to be a good week for you. So it'll be good. You Mark, keep I'm saying that. This... And at this point, I am about to char or I'm about to charcoal it just because you keep telling me I'm going to like it. Oh, no. I'm not saying you're going to like Serpunt. I'm saying you're going to like the one after it. No, that's what I'm talking about. You keep pitching this one after it, and I'm just like, I don't know, buddy. We'll see, I guess. I, I can guarantee. I can guarantee it. Um, Mark, I'm going to tell these good people where they can find us so we can get the hell out of here and out of their ears. Uh, you can Please always do, find buddy. us at Podcast. We're on Twitter, I think, still, maybe, possibly. Yes, um, we who are. Who knows? Mark, Mark loves to do all sorts of stuff like on Twitter, and, and maybe he'll get tired of it, and we'll go to Threads one day. That's a thing now, no, we I won't. guess. No, we won't. <laughs> Okay, never mind. We're not going to threads. You mean the um, reboot of Facebook? No. No, we're not. Stop making Facebook work, Mark Zuckerberg. It's never going to work. Stop making fetch happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Uh, but we are on Instagram, and we're on Gmail. You can you hit us up there. Um, you can always reach us on our Facebook group. We are at Dang Old Podcast. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much the handle everywhere. If, if you see it, that's probably us uh, rocking and rolling. If not, then please let us know so that we can start breaking thumbs. You can always reach out to me on Instagram. I am Krautball. Kraut is in sauerkraut and ball is in Swedish meatball. Damn it, I broke Mark and and in the process I broke myself. Mark, compose yourself and tell the people where they can find you. If you didn't get it, okay, well, I thought I was more composed than I was and apparently I'm not. If you didn't get enough of me talking... My thumbs. Oh, Paul Newman's gonna have my legs broke. Um, If you didn't get enough of me talking about my love and hate and all things King of the Hill, well, by all means, please check us out, or check me out on a I Can't Wait to Show My Kids, a weekly cinematic review podcast where me and our buddy Brad take a movie that was integral to us growing up that the other one hadn't seen, and we make the other one watch it, and then we discuss that super important question of when can I show this thing to my children. Uh, This week should be Top Gun. Don't listen to that one. Brad and I really hated to actually listen to that one. And you can hear me talk about gay cinema in its own right, because playing with the boys is the is the gayest scene in all of cinema ever made. That's the uh, beach volleyball scene. I'm gonna have a hard time listening kids. to that this week. I'm, I really am because that's like my all-time favorite '80s movie, next to John Carpenter's The Thing. Top Gun is seriously? Yeah, I love Top Gun so much, dude. Oh my god. Okay, please. Okay, join us there on two weeks when Johnny has a rebuttal. Um, <laughs> yes, the rebuttal. <laughs> Uh, but also, come check us out on our OG flagship podcast, the Two Wizards Podcast, where me and our buddy Josh take a variety of weird topics and discuss them and glare into that void so you don't have to. This week, we rounded out a two-part uh, series on the Chupacabra, focusing on the uh, Chupacabra making landfall in America. And you want to talk about reboots and things that didn't hold up. Oh, baby, that's one of them. But you can find us there, or you can find me personally at Marky Stardust on Twitter. Find me over there. Um, You know, I don't think we said this yet, John, but hey, thank you, guys. Number one, thank you to you, buddy. Um, 100 episodes, this is a milestone for us. 
and it has been a kick in the ass literally every step along the way. Um, thank you for doing this project with me. It's been wonderful. And listeners, thank you for being here for 100 episodes. I just... I, I appreciate it. I'm getting kind of emotional here, so I'm just going to stop talking because I'm too much of a man <laughs> to get emotional. But yeah, thank you guys. We love you all. John, I love you, buddy. Let's love get the you hell too. Out of here. Um, yeah, let's let's get out of here. I want to say something too first, though. Uh, Mark, I, hey, yeah, I, yeah. I've appreciated I've appreciated doing 100 episodes with you. I, I also want to extend my thanks to everybody that has listened. If you're a, a day one listener, if you're an episode one listener where it was absolute trash and it sounded like I was talking through, uh, I don't know, some sort of weird inner tube, good on you. If you're just picking it up with this, if you if you found us through a variety of other places like uh, like Reboot Deboot or um, I don't know any other of those podcasts that have shouted us out, if you're one of those podcasts that shouted us out, we just we want to thank you all for the support and uh, the drive you have given us to do a hundred episodes of this. Um, we are very much looking forward to doing the last three seasons with you guys and and seeing where the rest of this uh, this journey takes us because I don't think uh, I don't think Mark and I are quite done saying everything we have to to say at least about King of the Hill. Um, we were originally going to release a very special episode attached to this, and you know, Mark said that I did so much work that he didn't want it to be overshadowed. So um, that that episode is still forthcoming. It may be our finale. Let's let's be real. It might be our finale. So um, yeah, one of these days, you guys okay. are gonna get a really cool glimpse into the past at at who Mark and Johnny were before they created the Dangle Podcast. That's that's all the teaser I'm gonna give them, but. Uh, guys, once again, thank you for 100 episodes. Thank you for listening. Please come back next week. We will be here. Thanks again. <laughs>